Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach Brendan Sir, and I'm excited today. Jason Holzer, whose podcast I was on a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, I just I just fell in love with some of the stuff that he was doing with young people, and as always, the whole key to coaching starts out with how do you connect to your players? How do you develop really relationships? Because you really can't coach players. You can't coach a team until you have relationships with them. And he has developed four of the simplest questions that no matter if you're coaching a high school, college, or professional team, you can ask and it will help you. I guarantee it. So that's a hell of a tease. So after his quick time out with our sponsors, come back and we'll listen to Jason Holzer from 4D Athletes. I'm so excited to announce our new partner, Instat. Instat is a powerful web-based platform which enables you to store, edit, and share video linked to statistics. Their video database contains over 30,000 player profiles and nearly 7,000 team profiles. Thousands of basketball games from all over the world are uploaded daily, with many of them filmed exclusively by Instat. Instat's user-friendly interface is very intuitive. The flexible filtering system will fit the needs of coaches at all levels. You can sort through specific play types, locations on the court, lineups, and various other parameters. The Instat system contains multiple tools that clients from all over the world utilize for scouting, recruiting, coaching and player development, video editing, and tagging. They also take an individual approach to each client. The wide network of Instat account representatives allow Instat to best serve their clients 24-7. Also, Instat production specialists will provide you with a quick and precise breakdowns of your team and opponents in less than 10 hours. Need a certain game ready sooner? Instat gives you the ability to prioritize the specific games you want the data for first. Instat also provides free individual player access. So feel free to invite your players to the Instat platform so they can access their page, follow their performance, scout opponents, and share clips with other players and coaches. After each game, they can receive an individual one-page PDF report and video clips with all box score statistics. For more details, please visit instatsport.com forward slash basketball. Again, that is instatsport.com forward slash basketball. We're thrilled to have our longtime partners and friends at Dr. Dish Basketball on board as sponsors of the Coaching You podcast. Dr. Dish machines are undoubtedly the most user-friendly and advanced machines in the world of basketball today. Dr. Dish has completely revolutionized and reimagined a shooting machine to provide the best solution on the market. Join top programs around the world like Duke, North Carolina, Florida, and countless others and upgrade your shooting machine to Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish machines are the best way to increase purposeful reps in your program to get players better, faster, while tracking progress along the way. Dr. Dish provides so much more than just your standard shooting machines with custom training, pro trainers, and coaches on demand, real-time and detailed analytics, and top-of-the-line drills and workouts. If you're looking to take your program to the next level, look no further than Dr. Dish for the best basketball training machine in the world. If you have an old machine, 
that you that's just collecting dust in your gym, did you know that you can trade that in for to Dr. Dish for up to fifteen hundred dollars off and get a new dish? Make sure to give our friends at Dr. Dish a follow at Dr. Dish B Ball on Twitter and Instagram for great daily drills, workouts, tips, and inspiration. Or contact us at drdishbasketball.com. Don't forget to mention Coaching You or our podcast for $300 off your purchase. Coaches, are you looking to take your game preparation to the next level? Then Fast Model Sports is the perfect coaching software for you. With FastDraw, build an organized library of plays and drills and create professional playbooks to share with your players and staff. You can also download over 9,500 free plays and drills from our PlayBank directly to your FastDraw account. Looking for a better way to build your scouting reports and want to include video? With FastScout, build custom scouting report templates to prepare your team best for each individual opponent. Plus, did you know with the latest updates from Fast Model Sports, you can now include video with your FastScout reports and share with your coaches and staff all within the FastScout mobile app. The combination of Fast Draw and Fast Scout is by far the best way for you and your coaches to create winning game strategies and effectively communicate them to your team. Over 10,000 high school and youth coaches trust Fast Model Sports products to help their teams reach their goals. To order, go to FastModelSports.com. Use code COACHINGU15 to get 15% off any Fast Draw or Fast Scout products. Remember, Go to FastModelSports.com, use code COACHINGU15 to get 15% off any Fast Draw and Fast Scout products. Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir. Today, my guest, Jason Holzer, is, I don't know, Jason, uh, are you the president? Are you the CEO? Or are you just a damn founder of uh, 4D Athletes? What's our pro? You know, we uh, we never really worry about titles too much. We just worry about getting things done, Brendan. Like so that. we just say co-founder. I like that. So. I like that. Well, I had the honor uh, for our listeners of a couple of weeks ago uh, being on your podcast where we talked about how do we develop effective leaders. But as always, when I do a podcast, I end up finding out more about the people interviewing me than they probably know about me. And uh, I was blown away uh, by you and Jim, uh, you know, by your substance and the things that you were doing uh, with the thing that fascinated me about you guys is that you were working with young people from early elementary through middle school and high school where it all starts and you can do it, what you're doing, you can do all the way up to professional stuff. So congrats on that. I, I love what you're doing. Well, thank you, Brendan. Yeah. You know, we feel like if we can, uh, plant the seeds at a younger age, then especially things like character, things that really like will help a kid throughout their entire life. And sports is such a great place to do that in. Why not start whenever they are, their minds are so much moldable, they're, they're resilient, they love trying new things. So we feel like, you know, six, seven years old is a great place to start. So tell me, uh, first of all, now this is, you know, in our age that we're in now, everyone wants to work with the best, the brightest, the oldest, the guys that make the most money, all that crap. Okay. But you're doing it with, I think, uh, the babies that we need to really start with. Sometimes, you know, I, I found in coaching, 
you know, I hate to use this terrible expression, but leopards don't change their spots. And, and, and if they're screwed up by the time we get them in college or pros, it's really hard to change them or to even make a dent on them or influence them. Tell me how this started for you and why you decided to get into this space. Yeah, you know, a lot of it was, uh, I got to go back to my own story, right? So as a kid, um, I love playing sports and, you know, things happened in my life though, too, like where I was in middle school and then there was a situation where, you know, I got, I got bullied quite a bit and I, and I kind of wrecked my self-image. I didn't know how to overcome it. And then I didn't try as best whenever I went out to like for high school basketball, ended up getting cut my freshman year. And then I decided like, you know what, I was so worried about what other people thought. I didn't keep trying and going and think I could get, you know, maybe recover and get back and get after it again, you know? And then when I was 17, I lost my dad to suicide. And so the mental health piece of it. And so as I went through that kind of stuff and struggled and tried to understand who I was through this or why things happened, I felt like, you know, my faith was telling me like, Hey, go into teaching and go into what you love doing. And that was, I was playing sports. So I became a phys ed teacher. And then I started off teaching middle school kids. And now and then I got a job as an elementary school kid. And I was like, man, you really know how good of a coach you are whenever you can teach six and seven-year-olds how to, because I was terrible at it at first. I'll be honest. Like the kids were going everywhere. Kids were running around trying to get them to listen, that kind of stuff. Like, it was like, it's literally like herding cats, right? So, but I learned, I was like, the more detail I got, the more I, that they knew that they cared, that I cared about them the more they cooperated, the more they learned from it, the more they were happy to see me. And I was like, man, so it really is like, I got more detail oriented and those younger kids taught me so much about how you can be a successful coach just by how much like, you know, I was able to be with them and learn from them on a day-to-day basis. Jason, uh, when we talked, you know, earlier, um, you know, I, you know, I've worked the last few years with some really, really great people like Dr. Brian Davidson and Mindview, uh, you know, who's really developed some incredible assessments to try to help the problem that we have in our country, really, and everywhere in the world, from our military people to high school and college kids with suicide. You told me how your dad's suicide and what a great dad he was and how it truly affected your life. Share that because I know there's going to be Maybe not kids listening to this, but maybe their parents or coaches will listen and maybe would share it if you could, if it's okay with you. Yeah, and just make sure I just like you want like the story of like what happened. Yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah, and, and how yeah. it how it made such. I mean, other than feeling incredibly, you know, the grief over it and stuff, it really mm-hmm. changed your life in many ways to do what you're doing now. Yeah, you know. Um. In a lot of ways, you know, in the present, it's given me a passion of of developing mental fitness, teaching kids about their emotional intelligence, because I don't want people to go through what I went through. And, you know, my my mom was was my anchor. She was my rock. But at the same time, like with trauma, I didn't realize how much I needed other people's help. Like I was, you know, at 17, I was like, oh, I can handle this. I can get through this. And I didn't realize once I started going and seeking counseling, seeking professional help, how much I was like unpacking and un and like realizing how much, you know, emotional tension baggage I was carrying. And like things felt so heavy sometimes. I was like, I couldn't understand why. You know, I, I talk about in my book, I talk about how it had 
dreams that were so angry that I felt like my dad was still alive. And I would wake up and I think that it was actually happening, but I, I never felt like an angry person, but there was like some of this emotional, like tension within me that I had unresolved that I didn't realize that maybe it was coming out in whenever I was awake as like nervousness, overthinking, anxious, no, maybe not going for things that I really wanted to go for um, and having that courage to do that. And I think once I started to heal those wounds, once I learned the practice of forgiveness, forgiving my dad and understanding like he wasn't trying to make life worse for us, but reality was he couldn't, his thoughts were so negative in his head. That was the only way he felt like he could escape it. And that's what suicide is. It's not trying to take their own life. It's trying to end the thoughts that they're having in their mind because they're causing them so much suffering. Great, great way of explaining it. And I think the thing I love in college and professional basketball men's and women, we have strength and conditioning coaches, which have, it's, it's become an amazing industry. Uh, we have player development coaches that help people, uh, players on their skills. Huge businesses turned out to. But I, I was so intrigued when you called yourself a mental fitness coach. I thought it was such a great way to position yourself. Explain how you do that. And if you could walk us through, because my belief, as you we talked about, is any of us, I don't care if you're Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, it doesn't matter what sport you're coaching. We, Steve Kerr, we don't coach basketball, we're coaching people. And that's the essence of what you're doing. You're really teaching adults, parents, teachers, coaches, really how to connect to the people that they work with and they have the ability to influence. Share, if you would, how you do that. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to my, my mission statement of why I coach, and that is to you know, coach people to empower themselves and master the mind with grit, authenticity, and with, with a love and a joy of life. You know, and if I think so many times we get wrapped up in like what we do is our identity. Like, you know, I'm a basketball player. I'm a coach, I'm a teacher, you name it. And the reality of it is you're going to be multiple different titles throughout your life. Like, you know, you know, LeBron James is trying, but he's not going to be able to play basketball the rest of his life. So who are we when those things, you know, move on or we get, we are either required to transition from them because of a physical thing or because somebody tells us, Hey, you know what? You're not good enough anymore. Mm -hmm. And what does that look like? And I think, Mental fitness to me means like I have a strong sense of identity of who I am, meaning like I'm confident, I'm joyful, I'm resilient, I can overcome these things. You know, every everything in life is a lesson. It's preparing me for what's next, as opposed to like what do I bring on the court that makes me feel valuable. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so many players are like, so many coaches are like, you know, well if I score this many points, if I get this many wins, then I matter. But when that all goes away and you don't have that anymore, I mean, then, then they lose their sense of self-worth. And that's when you see so many athletes, so many coaches go down such a spiral after they're, they've hit their peak moments because they haven't learned who am I really without this, this piece. So she, I love that you've developed questions uh, to ask young people. And one of the things that I think that's so great about doing that is – and, you know, if you just have your audience, no matter who you are, just listen. We don't know if they're really absorbing, 
But when you get them to talk to you and to give you feedback and to tell you what's on their mind, it's a whole different deal. So A, had you come up with the idea of the questions and then if you would, share these questions which are so simple but so impactful. Yeah, you know, um, I call them the four essential questions. And why they're essential, I think, is because it gives coaches, parents, teachers, leaders in general, just insight on what's going on with other, with, you know, your players, your kids, what's going on with them. And the first one is, is who am I, who do I want to be? And I use the word be because what do I want, what do I want to do? That's a question that gets asked like, Hey, what do you want to do when you grow up? What do you want to do? What do you want? To, and then it's like, they say lawyer, doctor, all these external things, right. That, you know, you might be successful at it, but you might not be happy at it. But if you say, who do I want to be? Like, man, I want to be confident. I want to be resilient. I want to be courageous. Those are things whenever you say them, like those are an internal thing that you have that don't require a title. You can be confident. You can be courageous. You can be joyful. And you can have a nine to five job with a family at home, right? Or you don't have to have all the material stuff. So it's, it's really understanding like in any situation, like these are the things that I truly want in life because we're all chasing a feeling of satisfaction. We're all chasing a, a, whatever it is. We just tend to gravitate towards material things to try to fill that void within. But if we know what we want, then the second question comes easier. So what do then what do I need to do? It's because if you have a roadmap, okay, I want to be confident. Great. What does that look like? So now I have a roadmap of like, these are the things I need to do to be confident. And if I'm then, if I do these things, the third question is, what will I have? And most of us are simply just seeking peace of mind. Most of us are just seeking like some sort of fulfillment within, some sort of like I'm living my purpose. That's what I'll have. And if you have that, everything else will fall into place perfectly because you know, like no matter what happens to you, I have my peace of mind. I feel excited about life. I feel like I'm on, I'm living on purpose. And then the fourth one is probably the most like uh, question that will that will give you the most joy and satisfaction, which is what can I give? When you think of others, others start thinking of you. Whenever we get caught in our own self of like, you know, fear, nervousness, or like, that's always like, well, what's going to happen to me? But if I can give, if I can, you know, maybe it's like I, I run a camp for kids. That's that's like, you know, if I'm a, I'd say I'm an NBA player, I run a camp for kids. And I'm there and I'm present. I'm happy. I'm glad I'm there. And I see the smiles on kids' faces and kids thank me afterwards. Man, that's giving back. You know, that's the things you can do because you were confident, because you learn how to become confident and you, you have a roadmap. And then what you have is somebody that kids see as, a, as somebody to look up to that really feels excited about being around other people that loves their lives no matter what they're doing. Yeah. So I think with those four questions, you you build a foundation of leadership for anybody. So you would start this as early as what ages? This is what's powerful. Uh, you know, honestly, like with, with the, the cognitive ability, their reading level, maybe eighth grade, but I would say probably freshman in high school. Yeah. Because then they've lived long enough to have an idea of like what I really want. They've, they've contemplated a little bit more about life. They have some life experiences. They've had some ups and downs, you know. Um, so I would say ideally freshman in high school and older, but then maybe eighth grade, maybe middle school too. I, I think the questions are so, and I'm thinking back to one of my friends, Buzz Williams at Texas A&M, 
And he has this program that he's had since he was the coach of Marquette Buzz's bunch. And it's all kids with special needs. And every year he has a day for them at whatever school he's working at. And he brings them in and he makes them feel like they are the most special humans on this earth. And I'm always blown away by that because he's impacting those young people and they, and he loves them and they love him. And this is one of the most successful coaches. And there's so many and player and not that you have to be a star to do that. That's just an example of someone. And Buzz will tell you, he's just an ordinary guy that's got a good job now, but he's the same guy that went to, you know, junior college, you know, et cetera. And he's just, but what he has is he has huge purpose for people. Uh, but uh, tell me uh, when you're working, even with your elementary school kids that you're teaching, can you, how do you develop these relationships with the very, very young? How do you do that to show them the love that you might have for them? Because that's, I think, one of the really most powerful things in coaching is to let you, I always say players are similar that they know when you, the way you feel about them. It has nothing to do with how many minutes they play or how many points they score. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, if you give a kid like just, doesn't have to be a whole lot of time, just ask him like a simple question, like, hey, you know, they notice me, right? Or like what I'll point out things of like, if somebody does something like really like, hey, you know what? I love how so-and-so is doing a great job listening here today. Man, I love how you're doing this. I love how, you know, you just compliment mm-hmm. them, right? And and genuinely, like, you don't want to say, like, just, like, because kids know if you're yeah. you're full of it or if you're actually being authentic, right? right? Kids can read right through that kind of stuff. Um, and then what actually I've done with some kids is I started this thing called a smile competition. So what it is is, like, you get kids smiling at each other. And what this does, is they say, like, you know, humans will mirror other people's actions, reflection of that. So I was like, you know, you've seen people do staring contests, right? For mm-hmm. the different things or whatever. I was like, well, what about if we switched it up a little bit and did smile contest? So kids, like, what it is, is literally two kids, like eyes closed. I say three, two, one, smile. And the first person that gets the other person to laugh by being like silly smile, you can't touch them or anything like that, hands are behind your back. You get the other kid to laugh, then you win. But actually everybody wins because you're you're mirroring positive body language. And the more we can do that, we can uplift each other because, you know, if you see somebody else smiling at you, it makes you just feel better naturally. Mm -hmm. So getting kids happier earlier by doing like little stuff like that, that takes like two minutes. Um, And then I have like little, little mantra sayings that I say with them. Like, hey, like I'm stronger. I am happier. I am healthier. I'm faster. Just little things that emphasize I'm getting better. Not, not like I'm fast because that could mean like, Hey, if somebody runs faster than me, they might feel like I'm not fast because he ran faster than me. But if you say I'm faster, I'm smarter. That develops that growth mindset in kids that gets them to like, Oh yeah, I am better than what I was yesterday. Oh, I am. You know? And so that increases confidence. So really developing growth mindset through little phrases, little games, you know, compliments, just weaving that into a class or a practice. Um, can really help out a lot. I love that. So tell me, as an expert in this subject matter, how would you recommend a high school coach to use this? It doesn't matter what sport he's coaching, what his offense or defense is, to make him a better coach. Because we both know Mm -hmm. 
or every coach should know that the first step in being a good coach is connecting with your players in a positive way, not fearing you, but making them really want to be there. It's the happiest part of their day. It should be not the one they dread going to. So how would you work or try to suggest things to a high school coach, let's say, to make that help them? I would say it starts with, uh, you know, I would, I would do the four essential questions first, right? And then you go through that. Maybe that's day one. And then you have them right on a piece of paper. Then you have it in your office, like up on a, on a board here. That like, Anybody walks in your office, you know, like you could, if, if, parent, if, if players want it private, then say, hey, all good, keep it private. But if they're willing to put it on a board, then your team can see, like, you know, what everybody else is working on. You can see what they want to work on. Then maybe, you know, you talk with them in practice or you one-on-ones, you give them a book to read or something to watch or something like a YouTube video. And then like, if I know if somebody did that to me, like if I wrote down, I want to be confident and somebody sent me a video on, Hey, here's one step to build confidence. I was like, man, this guy, like he cares about me more than what I can do on the court, Mm -hmm. you know? And then things that you can do also, I think is important is um, let, let the kids lead sometimes. Like, Hey, you know what? Um, who, who wants to lead warmups or who wants to lead, uh, different areas of practice, you know, and then sometimes like just sitting back and observing. And what I've done recently too, is like, anytime a, you know, there's a mess up, I say learning opportunity. Okay. And I, I point out, what did you learn there? What did we learn there? Okay. If we lose, all right, you know, this is a great learning opportunity. We weren't good enough today. Why weren't we good enough today? And then you just kind of unpack that by using learning opportunity, learning opportunity. Don't like, because what I've noticed is every time I've gotten really hard on a kid because I felt frustrated or something like that, kids have played worse. But every time I've tried to spin into a learning opportunity, they, they, they get more resilient. They realize like, hey, you know what? It's just a game. It's just a moment. We can flip it on a dime. Okay, what can we learn from this to get better the next time? So I think using any of your, your shortcomings or your frustrations and using them as learning opportunities and making kids feel like, okay, you know what? I messed up, but boom, now I know what to do next time to get better. The great Pete Carroll, the coach of the Seahawks, uh, said something that was so profound to me a couple of years ago. He said, Brendan, every coach, when uh, when someone makes a mistake, they immediately want to point out, you know, the mistake to the player. And many times it destroys the player. So he says, you have to understand that the most important part of coaching is the three or four seconds after a mistake, how you handle it. And I think that's so freaking good. Well, I think too, as a, as a coach, if you acknowledge like, Hey, you know what, as a leader, I'm making this decision. I might be wrong about this, but. I know I'm, or anytime you can admit that you made a mistake or that, you know, like just be more vulnerable and transparent yourself, that makes you feel like more relatable as well. And kids and players will connect way more with you. They feel like they can relate Mm -hmm. to you or share stories of whenever you were younger and you were like, you know, I'll do a lot of sharing about, you know, my life, the things that I struggle with just so that they know like, oh, wow, coach went through that too. Oh man. Okay. So then you become relatable and anybody that's relatable you know, you'll, you'll gravitate to more and they'll, and kids will uh, work harder for you because they feel like, you know, you're not that far removed from them or that you've had similar feelings in the past of what they've gone through. So, yeah, yeah. Jason, though, um, 
one of my former players uh, at our coaching U event in Las Vegas a few years ago, Doc Rivers, coach of the 76ers, said, and at this time he had been coaching over 20 years in the NBA, uh, one of the most accomplished guys in the league. And he said, I learned so much coaching my own child, my own son. And he said, the biggest tip I can give every one of you here as an attendee in coaching and guys are getting out their pens. They're ready to write down a play that he's got, you know, that he maybe ran for Ray Allen, you know, or something like that. And he's, and all of a sudden he's, or Paul Pierce or Kevin Garnett. And all of a sudden he said, coach every player, like he's your own son or daughter, depending on if you're coaching boys or girls, love them and coach them like you're, they're your own children. It was one of the best things I ever heard in coaching. And, and I, and I think that is one of the essence and that's what you're trying to do is make those, would you yell and scream? Unfortunately, we do have some at your own child. If we do, we're making a huge mistake. Correct. Yeah. And you know, I've had my moments of frustration with my own kids and that kind of thing, but I always try to clean it up the afterwards. Like, Hey, you know what? Daddy's sorry. Daddy made a mistake. You know, I, I maybe said things about too loud or, and so I get, I sometimes I give myself a timeout. Like it's like, if I'm feeling frustrated, like, Hey, you know what, buddy, daddy needs a timeout. I'll be back in five minutes. I'm going to take some deep rest. You know, you just hang out here. Right. And then I, and I analyze myself like, why am I frustrated? Is it anything he did? Is it something that happened in my day? I try to get introspective on like, why am I feeling why I'm feeling? Because that way you don't get reactive. You're not like taking out on something that you maybe like wasn't even the kid's fault, you know, too. A lot of players I've coached probably in the league, uh, wish I took more timeouts for myself, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, Chuck Daly had a, a such insight into people. And uh, he used to say, Brendan, uh, be careful what you say to a player, never leave a scar on any of them. And I can remember people that left scars on me the way they coached me. And I think that's another way of doing it, you know, and, and saying that. So those are incredible tips, Jason. Tell our listeners, because uh, we have a lot of leaders, coaches, parents, and coaches and leaders that are parents on here. Uh, if they wanted to learn more about 4D athletes, where can they go? Yeah, it's our website's 4dathletes.com. Um, and then, you know, we're on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook pages. We have all this, uh, those sites set up and then we're also getting ready to do a, what's called a most valuable parenting program where we are, we're working with a lady out of Toronto, who's a parenting expert, emotional intelligence specialist. And we're going to run a five day free course here and probably in December on how to raise confident kids to overcome anxiety Wow, and different things like that. So you know, we're really trying to work on how, cause you know, the parents are the key in all of this. Like they're the, they are the child's first teacher, coach, example, you name it. And so, and more than likely for most kids, they're going to be their, their longest example as well. You know, you're going to have coaches that come and go, teachers come and go, that kind of things that care about your kids, but nobody's going to be there more like your parents should be there for you. They're the foundation of your success. In all areas. So, um, and it, that's what we're also, I love that Jason. And, and the most influential person in a, child's life should be the parent. If not, it's probably going to be a teacher or a coach. So if you're one of one of those other two, not the parent, this is a responsibility you have to embrace. But I love the content mm-hmm. that you have on your site. And I love the different programs and courses that you have. 
I'm so blessed that uh, we got to meet last month and uh, I love what you're doing. Love what you're doing for kids, most importantly, but hopefully helping us old folks that need a little brush up course and how to even become better. You're really special, Jason. Thank you so much. What? Well, thank you, Brennan. I tell you what, man, you know, I learned so much from kids, my own kids about how to be a better grown up and how to have more fun in life and not take things so seriously. Like, Hey, you know what? We're only here for so long. Like stop taking yourself so seriously. Like, like, you know, be professional, but still have a lot of fun, you know, because why not? I love it. It's a great message. You're a great guy. And I appreciate you sharing and helping coaches out today. Thanks, my friend. Thank you for having me, Brendan. You know, every time I talk to Jason, I get so excited because I just love the simplicity of it. I also, I can visualize him being with very young kids from elementary school, middle school kids, and and feeling the impact. The key to coaching is the impact that you can make on your players. You must talk to them, ask them questions so they're responding to you. If you're a coach, and I have several of my clients that are like this, that love to hear their own voice, like they're doing a Sunday sermon at church, listen to your players. Trust me, just like you want to listen to your own children. These four questions are on the money. Really good. Give it a try. And and I think you'll really benefit for it. But more importantly, your players are going to benefit from it. Till next week, this is the coach, Brendan Sarah.